0: And to be honest, I really push the boundaries. Um, I, I push because I think it's the right thing to do. I think if I have something like valuable to say and to share, then um, then I just do it. I mean, I, well-behaved women rarely make history. I mean, I'm really not even trying to make history. I'm just really trying to do the right thing.
1: Welcome to the Wear Wag Repute Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I'm excited to introduce you to Dr. Lisa Lipman. You might already be one of her 156,000 plus Instagram followers, or you might know her from her podcast, We Don't Deserve Dogs. In this interview, we touch on how she's been keeping up with the podcast with the help of her partner during the pandemic and how she uses her Instagram influence to share honest and authentic advice for pet parents. Due to COVID-19, Dr. Lisa hasn't been able to do her usual house call veterinary visits. Instead, for the last year, she's focused on telehealth. We discuss the different platforms that are innovating the virtual veterinary industry. But before we dive in, can I ask you a quick question? Are you on my podcast email list? Every Wednesday, I send out a recap of the week's new episode, along with some extra info and the occasional giveaway. Get on the list by going to wherewagrepeat.com slash podcast. Dr. Lisa Lippmann, DVM, is one of the most followed and socially influential veterinarians in the United States. She is nationally respected by media outlets such as Dr. Oz, Inside Edition, and People Magazine as a go-to source for expertise in pet health and safety. Determined to offer pets a gentler kind of veterinary service, she organized Vets in the City. Understanding how stressful going to the veterinary office is for pets, Dr. Lisa decided to specialize as a house call veterinarian. When not making house calls to treat some of the most influential pets in the world, she sits on the board of Animal Lighthouse Rescue, whose mission is to help the homeless dogs of Puerto Rico. She is also co-host of a hugely popular podcast called We Don't Deserve Dogs with her partner, comedian Richie Redding. With all of that going on, Lisa still finds time to devote to her own dog, the incomparable Rhodesian Ridgeback, Chloe
0: Hey Lisa. Hi. Yay. Thanks for having me. I sound, I sound so busy, but I'm not is the thing (laughs) we were just talking about. Right. So
1: (laughs) I know, but it's like, we, we, you know, we all try to like build up these, like resonates of all the things that we're doing. But at the end of the day, we really just want to hang out with our dogs.
0: <laughs> right, right. I would give up anything to hang out with my dog all day long. So that's been a plus side to obviously this whole, and I know I'm not alone in that. So yeah, I know. Mm-hmm. I think that's been the perk for everyone around the world
1: is just a lot more time
0: with their pets in the last year. It's great. And you know what? I don't want to give it up. Like I don't want things to change. I'm I'm trying my hardest now, you know, as we get back to um safe living, which I think is great. Uh, I'm trying my hardest though just to like keep this life that I've that I've built now. Um I would just stay in all day and go nowhere all the time, so. <laughs>
1: Well, so tell us a little bit about that. So you started Vets in the City um, to be like a house call veterinarian, which is such a great idea for people. Um, And then COVID hit and you couldn't go in anyone's house. So (laughs) how did you you pivot and or did you pivot and, and what are you doing to continue serving pets and their people?
0: Yeah, really good question. Um, So, oh yeah, I pivoted. So I don't, I'm not sure if you know, but so in the very beginning of March, my parents got hit really hard with COVID, like March 11th, like before, like right before lockdown is just insane. They were the first in their hospitals. They were the first, they were both on ventilators um, due to COVID, which was just traumatic. Um, my mom was on for nine days. My dad was on for 20 days. They both survived. Thank God they're in Florida now playing golf. Um, but, uh, they got hit really hard and they were in Florida, um, when they got hit. And so, uh, I was like a month into basically restarting my own house call practice. And so I, thankfully I didn't have, like a ton of clients that I was leaving behind. And a lot of people were getting out of the city then and weren't, didn't want to see me either. Um, you know, house calls not really, um, fit for like emergency type things. So, you know, if there were any true emergencies, I would just walk them through like what to do and where to go and things like that. Um, but I pivoted by, um, by doing telehealth. So I do a lot of telehealth now, uh, for my own clients and on sort of like a very concierge basis. And I also do telehealth for bond veterinary clinic, um, which is in the city all over they're all over the city now, um, on weekends. And, uh, um, that's, that's pretty much how, how I've pivoted. Telehealth is pretty new in veterinary medicine. And so it's just like exploding right now. So it's been one of the blessings of the, quarantine period. Um, but, uh, yeah, that's, that's pretty much how I, how I've, how I've pivoted. So it's the combination of doing Instagram stuff and the, my podcast, uh, we don't deserve dogs cause we don't, um, and, uh, and telehealth is mostly it. And then some advising for different companies as well. So,
1: right. Right. So with, with the whole telehealth, um, you know, there's, I would imagine there was a learning curve. Like you said, it's pretty new in the veterinary field. So what, what were some of the most difficult parts about adapting to doing virtual vet visits?
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, in a way I had done it a lot with clients. So it's always something that like, I knew, like, I know the value of, I know that we should have it. Right. Cause people wouldn't just reach out and be like, Half the time, you really just want to know is this an emergency? Is this not an emergency? Right? Or where, what's the best place to go? Um, I think for me, it was just more like behind the scenes of trying to formulate. Um, the best structure and plan and the easiest like platforms to use and things like that. So, and still kind of working that out all the time. Cause I need to keep a record in addition to obviously seeing the patient and I want to be able to see the patient. Um, and actually video chat, like zoom or Google meets it's like, they're actually not the best quality. It's good for, uh, like um, like brief visual exams, but anything I need to see in detail, it's not great for. So still, I will have clients send me pictures and things like that. Um, and also just getting people to know that like it exists, right. And then, and to, to use it and to figure out what it's best for and what it's not best for. So, yeah.
1: Are there like existing platforms that like specifically for this like they're from like the medical field or are there ones specifically for vets
0: yeah they're they're coming out now with veterinary specific because in human medicine it's been legal for a while in veterinary medicine it's been not very legal um so it's illegal for us it's sorry it's legal for us to give advice in all 50 states so like i can give you advice like um well, in general, you know, so like if you came to me and said my dog was vomiting and I would say, well, in general, dogs who uh, vomit once and then are fine uh, can be monitored at home. Right. But I couldn't give you specific medical advice really about like your own dog. So I couldn't say, well, you know, watch him and then in an hour you can give him a pepsit or, you know, whatever it is. Like, I can't diagnose or prescribe um, or give you specific um medical treatment. So now we're pushing the boundaries because of COVID. Um, we're really pushing the boundaries there and able to to do a lot more. And I forgot the original question.
1: <laughs> oh, just about like platforms and... Oh, yeah. If so it was like... It, yes. Kind of, I, I don't know, like I'm trying to think of what I use to manage my business, like planally to schedule my Instagram right
0: post like is there yeah. something like that for yeah so there's um there's both platforms for veterinary parents to use and for uh veterinarians to use so for their clinic so like if you have a vet they may have their own specific platform that they ask you to use something like airvet uh televet um there's so many now. And yeah. for the pet parent, um, I mean, so BondVet is doing it, right? You can go to Bond Vet site and just sign up. You book through Calendly and then we use uh, Google Meet to chat. And then I keep a record in a separate system. Um, but yeah, there's so there are a lot of different platforms like that just popping up now, kind of taking over the world. So yeah. yeah.
1: It's, it's really neat. Lots of yeah. innovation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whether you like it or not.
0: <laughs> right, great. right. I, yeah, I think it's great. But yes, yeah, it's always a change.
1: Yeah. Um, well, I think this is like a good kind of transition. Like, so you were talking about, you know, you can only give like kind of general advice legally in all 50 states, I guess. Um, and so you are also really popular on social media and you have tons of followers on Instagram. So how do you kind of figure out what you can and cannot say? Like, I'm sure your DMs are just flooded with questions you know, but you, there's, there's a limit to <laughs> what you can talk about yeah. on there. So, you know, how do you kind of figure that out?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. I'm, I'm always trying to find the balance. And to be honest, I really push the boundaries. Um, I, I push because I think it's the right thing to do. I think if I have something like valuable to say and to share, then, um, then I just do it. I mean, I, well-behaved women rarely make, uh, sorry, yeah, well-behaved women, women, I can't even talk today. Well-behaved women rarely make history. Yeah, I think I- I'm I have not a even
1: thicker of that. Like, oh, do you? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, I- I'm really not even trying to make history. I'm just really trying to do the right thing. Um, and if I find that something is really valuable, and so every once in a while in DMs, like I will give people pretty specific advice um, uh, about their case or things like that if I can and I and I have the time. I've been really lucky. I haven't really had a lot of hate. Um, I'm sure it's coming. I've had some for sure. I mean, some ridiculous things, right? Like, I, I, there was one video, I think, where I talked about toxic things and I wrote and I said macadamia nuts can be toxic. And somebody wrote me and was like, we can't all afford macadamia nuts, Lisa. And I was like, it's Dr. Lisa to you and then feel free to just move on. Like it's just so, it's just crazy. But yeah. So, so the answer is um, I just, it is a fine line. I try to put out information that's general that I think can help everyone. uh, But I, but I push the boundaries too.
1: Yeah, no, I I definitely noticed that. I was watching one of your lives last week and um, there was, I guess some news articles circulating about, Seresto collar killed was blamed for the death of dog or something like that. And you went live and just shared that, you know, there's so much context. There are counterfeit flea collars that are out there in the world. Um, And I just I really loved how honest you were. And it actually made me think a little bit differently. I think it's always benefit to give Um, or it's always beneficial to give people the benefit of the doubt. Like you just, you don't, you need to know there's so many facts and so many variables with everything. Um, and that you were really reminding people of that in your life, but in a really honest and almost kind of harsh way. Um, cause you know, people can get so defensive and I just, it was really refreshing to see how honest you were in that.
0: Are you enjoying
1: this interview? If you'd like to continue talking about dogs and business with the added support of a like-minded community, get on the wait list for Wear, Wag, Repeat Society. This is my monthly membership program for women petpreneurs and fluencers who are looking for accountability and support to make bark-worthy breakthroughs in their business. It's amazing what you can accomplish when you're surrounded by the right people and their dogs. <laughs> Join the waitlist now at wearwagrepeat.com slash society.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm a dog mom too, right? I mean, that's what I am for. I'm such a crazy dog mom. I made a career out of it. So like, that's, you know, that's very honest. Um, I wanted to know how elenka when, when all the, um, When that accusation about the Ceresto collar came out, I actually called Elanco and I said, How are you guys responding to this? What are you doing? What are the studies? What are the stats that I should know? I mean, look, I know from experience that the seresto collar has been incredibly safe and incredibly effective. and risk versus benefit. Fleas and ticks are going to take over the world and we need to do something about it. Um, but uh, I wanted to know like the actual, the data, the safety, what they can do, what pet parents can do, things like that. So I called them and I talked to them about <laughs> it and that's where the, the story came from as well. So um, thank you. Yeah. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, okay. So this like
0: researching and
1: going above and beyond and, and calling a and all of that kind of stuff. Um, you know, I think that you also are, are really busy with your podcast. We don't deserve dogs and you guys are interviewing really interesting people and telling really interesting stories on there. Um, if people aren't familiar with that, tell us a little bit about your podcast.
0: Oh yeah. We, we don't deserve dogs cause we don't. Um, uh well let's see it's uh co-hosted by me and my boyfriend richie redding who is a professional stand-up comedian um it started off because all of his friends would call his comic friends would call me with the dog questions and they'd be like well we had eight medical marijuana gummy bears and now we have five medical marijuana gummy bears and if my dog weighs five pounds how worried should i be so it kind of started off like that and we would just like hilarity would ensue and so we decided to kind of just make a podcast out of it. Kind of like Dr. Drew meets, I don't know, something funnier um, because it's, you know, you get real veterinary advice and you talk to entertainers who, who make it funny. Um, and so it's, it's, it's funny and informative and, um, and we have a good time with it. So yeah, we've had some great guests on some of uh, my clients, some great comedians. We usually it's, it's entertainers, it's sometimes other veterinarians as well. So it's a good hodgepodge of people. And
1: have you been doing a lot of that during the pandemic with, you know, not a whole lot else to do?
0: Yes, it's interesting, actually. Somehow we kept up with it. Somehow, I think we had some episodes in the bank, um but like when my parents were really sick and like, I couldn't eat, I couldn't think. I couldn't I couldn't do anything. Um, I think we managed to do like one or two episodes and still kept it going. Um, one of my episodes actually, I think it's the 24th one marking our territory um, was when my mom just got off the ventilator and she called me during the episode for the first time. And you hear the and Richie just kept recording. And so you hear a lot of that conversation of me talking to her for the first time in like nine, 10 days um, after she had been off the vent. So um, that, was, that was a moving one. Um, and I forgot the original question again, but that's,
1: <laughs> I think I kind of answered it. <laughs> Yeah, no, that's okay. (laughs) I don't, my questions aren't like super groundbreaking. Yeah. So you don't have to remember them.
0: No, but I want to answer them. I don't want to just go off on a tangent, but hey, this is who I am today, I guess. So. That's okay. <laughs> Um,
1: You know, I think podcasting has gotten so popular during the pandemic. I think so many people are like, I'm going to start a podcast, and they don't realize how much work it is, too. Oh,
0: right, right. So we kept up. That was what I was saying, was we kept up with it. Um, we did take a one-month break during December. I think when like people were just – hopefully, they weren't listening to podcasts as much because – you know, it is right. It's so much work. I don't know how you do it on your own. Honestly, like Richie does all the technical stuff. I just kind of show up. um, Yeah. We
1: have to give credit. Richie's our guest producer today. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: If I sound good, that's thanks to Richie, I guess. I've got a microphone and my headphones. He insisted this podcast sounded good. So
1: yeah. (laughs) Um, And how long have you guys been together?
0: Think like seven-ish years. Uh, when I want to ask him. I'm really terrible with this stuff. I'm, I'm awful. So and I'm bad I with
1: time too. So I mean, bad. Time is basically like, what dog did I have? <laughs> <laughs> right. How, how old was the dog when that
0: happened? <laughs> right, right. Right. I don't have um, I don't have that internal. I mean, I guess I don't want to call it a girl clock, but like, I don't have it. Yes. Um, I we. Uh, I think for our fifth anniversary, I actually saw in Time Hop was a picture of him bringing me flowers and I sent it to him. And I was like, oh, look, like you loved me today five years ago. I totally didn't realize it was our anniversary, but that <laughs> prompted him to remember. And so he came home with flowers again. And I was like, why are you bringing me flowers? What did you do wrong? Um, but it turned out it was our anniversary. And I totally, even with the picture of flowers, I just didn't even, <laughs> I just.
1: Yeah, he thought you were like trying to say something. Like, you know,
0: not yes. me. Nope. But I don't think about it at all. Yeah. So, so
1: did you have your dog Chloe um before you guys started dating?
0: Yeah. So she was like two or three, I think, when we started dating. So yeah, I had her. Um I actually got her with another boyfriend and then I kept her and um and yeah, so she was like two or three and now she's ten. So that's how I also remember time. So <laughs> yeah,
1: no, I'm the same. Well, my dogs are they both just turned nine. So like I'm in a similar
0: similar yeah. boat
1: here. How are you dealing yeah. with?
0: Um- all my day. anticipatory great I grief. Know. Um, yeah, I talk about this a lot with um senior dog doc, my friend who's a veterinarian who just loves loves everything. Senior Love dog and her podcast pod- too is so good. Yes, yes, senior dog revolution. She's amazing. Um, so actually oh actually we're doing um we're doing a live tonight. People won't hear this, but on yeah. <laughs> um, pretty much that. So anticipatory anticipatory grief, right? I mean, I look at her every day and how could you not think like, Why are you gonna? I just tell her, like, you're gonna live forever, you don't have a choice. Um, and I try to just, you just try to make every day the best that you can, right. And try to do everything you can so that, you know, when, when the time comes, it's, you know, you you have minimal regrets. No one's perfect. Um, but, uh, you just try to make every day the best that you can. So, but thankfully she, she seems to be doing well. She's, She's, um, I love her so much. She so. looks
1: really good based on the Instagram photo. Thanks, right. yeah. <laughs> no, Instagram's not always right.
0: <laughs> no filters on her. <laughs>
1: You're not like photoshopping out her gray hairs. Or no,
0: anything. although we did, we did have um, Jorge Bendereski. He's a um, like a celebrity groomer on our podcast a long time ago, and he told us that we could do henna. Uh, we could dye her greys with henna. And so every year on her birthday, we tell her we're going to henna her. We haven't gotten too around to it, but I mean, I, I'm okay with it. But
1: <laughs> it might tried, be fun. If I tried to do that, I would end up my, dyeing my whole Covered house in, with henna. Uh, right. Because they would just like – anytime I paint anything in my house, I find paint on their body and then like down the hallway, <laughs> the same paint is like down right. the
0: wall. <laughs> Right. That's so funny. <laughs>
1: So this is a weird question, but I, it just popped into my mind. In terms of like veterinary care, and um, like, uh, do you? So do you provide veterinary care to your own dog, or is that like unethical? You have to get someone else to do it. Like,
0: yeah, no, yeah, it's it's, it's not that, like human is medicine. That a weird question? No, it's not a weird question at all. I mean, we think that all the time i mean so unlike human medicine there is not that um like i think in human medicine you're not really supposed to treat like your family or anybody close to you right or make relationships or whatever but it's not that way at all in veterinary medicine we certainly can legally treat our own pets we do um i treat chloe all the time for small things if there's something though that she needs that like i mean you know veterinary medicine can get specialized right so if she need like surgery is not my forte. So if she needs surgery, I'm going to somebody else. Like I'm going to somebody that I think is the best. Um, so I've got, I've got specialists (laughs) all over for, and it can be hard, right. When it comes to your own dog too, you, you're emotional and you can, it can be really hard to think. So, um, thankfully I have a lot of great friends that I will run things by if I'm not sure if it's not something small, like an ear infection or something.
1: Yeah. Um so how how did you originally get Chloe? You said you got her with um with a past boyfriend or something yeah. but how did
0: she come into your life? She's my I like to call her my quasi rescue. Um so basically I was involved with Ridgeback Rescue for a really long time. Um my my ex about two weeks before I came into the picture, actually got another, a different Ridgeback when he was six years old from Ridgeback Rescue. The family had a baby and decided they didn't want him anymore. And they said to the breeder, Well, you take him back. And she was like, Well, I have eight elderly dogs. I can't really take him right now, but I'll help you place him into a home. So she always knew where he went. And because we both basically both came into the picture at the same time, um, I taught him everything he knew about the dog. That was my dog. So, um, I always kept in touch with the breeder who knew where he went and like knew where his family was. And anyway, Chloe is his great, great grand something. I don't know. And, um, and what he died February 12th and she was born February 9th. And I was watching the breeder with the puppies and I was like, oh, they're so cute, you know, but we're going to, I'm going to rescue. Like I'd been fostering for Ridgeback rescue. And then um, somebody decided that they didn't want her anymore. And the breeder then also thought that she needed surgery. So she was basically like, well, I know you're a good home. If you can just take her and get this surgery done, I'll just give her to you. And I was like, Oh, okay. So it was my, she was turned out she didn't need the surgery. She was my very free puppy, but, um, I knew that I would be the best person for the job if she needed surgery. So, uh, so yeah, so that's how I got her. Yeah. Well, you're, you're definitely
1: qualified
0: <laughs> for, for any dog. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm, she doesn't always feel that way. You know, I'm the mean parent, Richie's the fun parent. Uh, cause like I walk towards the, she knows like the drawer, like her like medicine cabinet. So like I walk towards that and she runs away from me. So <laughs> he does not appreciate. Um, my medical talents so well, you just have
1: to swap cabinets put all, yeah. the, all the medicine in the treat jar and then she'll never know <laughs> yeah
0: sometimes we do <laughs> um
1: and so all, you also do work with rescue organizations like the animal lighthouse rescue um and tell us a little bit about the work that they do in puerto yeah. rico i know there's so many street dogs down there
0: right right the Satos we call them um which is uh puerto rican slang for like street dog um So yeah, Animal Lighthouse Rescue, I'm a board member and the medical director. There's probably not many days that go by that I'm not doing something for them, working with the director to um, vet dogs, also on like a mostly a telehealth basis now since COVID. But um, we usually just ship in dogs from Puerto Rico and people will ask like why that is. And um, that's because, uh, well, one one of the reasons is because um, they have like a 99% euthanasia rate if a dog hits their shelter. So if, if any dog that is on, you know, they have a, a severe overpopulation, and if any of those dogs hit the shelter again, they have a 99% euthanasia rate. They come here and they're so incredibly adoptable. They're such great dogs because they are forced to like commingle on the beaches and like fend for themselves. They're usually like really well socialized. Um, they're all different breeds and types and sizes. Um, and they're just, they're such good, such easily adoptable dogs. So we bring them here. Since the pandemic, we've been also coordinating with like other shelters because it was hard at first to get dogs here. Um so we also will still take cats. Now we've started doing cats and kittens and uh other dogs from other rescues as well. Um but yeah so it's it's fun. We're a small foster based rescue and um, it's something that yeah reminds me why I love veterinary medicine and animals. So yeah,
1: yeah it really gives you that like sense of reward and yes yeah,
0: yeah, it's great, it's great when it doesn't come with mean people. <laughs> <laughs> you don't
1: want, you it, don't want any mean people.
0: No, no mean people, but it happens in veterinary medicine, unfortunately. So yeah,
1: well, yeah. they're out, they're out there, but yeah. you just have to remember what you're doing it for, and yeah,
0: just yeah. Don't let yeah. the
1: bastards get you down, which yeah. is
0: and what you you you've been through it a bunch with um, you know, your um history with it's Bert, right? Having epilepsy. Yeah. yeah so, exactly. Yeah, my yeah. Dad
1: Bert has epilepsy. So um he he just he recently had a seizure, um, his first one in two and a half years. So oh. dealing get, dealing with that, getting through that. But yeah. it's a weird thing because it just it happens and it's over and like there's not really a whole lot you can
0: right. Too, so, no, just you just have to keep him safe and keep you safe. And if it lasts longer than five minutes or happens three times or more in a day. That's when we usually say it's an emergency. But although as scary as it looks, I always tell people it's actually not really a true emergency unless it doesn't stop, Um, but it happens and then it stops like, and then they kind of are coming out of it. um, It's actually not, not really life-threatening in and of itself. Um, Again, as long as it ends within five minutes, but um, I'm sure we will talk about that plenty on we don't deserve dogs when we get to grill you. So good little promo here to wrap it up.
1: Um, I'm excited I'm going to be a guest on your show. So I get to yes. talk to you guys yeah. about me. Yeah. <laughs> the always, best topic. I'm always yeah. interviewing everyone else. <laughs> it's fun when I can talk about myself. Yes. Um, yes. So be on the lookout for that. Um, but yeah, we, unfortunately, we do have to wrap up this episode. Um, so tell everyone where they can find you online and learn more.
0: Yeah, so I'm at Dr. Lisa Lippman, D R L I S A L I double P is in Peter M-A-N uh, on the gram, or we don't deserve dogs is our podcast. So, yes. well, thank there. you so much for being on. Thank this. Such a great you. Conversation. Thanks for having me. We'll ج- see, you see you soon on ours. Yes, I know. Okay. I can't wait. Okay. <laughs>
1: okay. <laughs> what did you like most about this episode?